and to bring you your fix of everything related to the Montreal Canadiens. Two men who could seriously use an intervention. Your source of Habs talk right from the rock. Right, right from, from the, the rock. rock. Hello, Canada hockey fans. Hello all you greasy grasshoppers and welcome to episode number four of the Fix Podcast, where you come to get your fix everything related to the Montreal Canadiens. Today I'm going to be your host, GK. Uh, life just kind of kicked Junkie and I's ass this weekend, uh, so we couldn't get together to do a podcast, you know, family comes first and Halloween and all that fun stuff. Um... So, you guys are stuck with me here today. Uh, actually, if I'm being honest, that's all bullshit. Um, Junkie was salty. Mike Hoffman didn't score two goals throughout three games of the week. He didn't score one goal. I don't know if he had five shots all week, even though he was on top line for a game number one against the Minnesota Wild. Uh, and uh, he just wouldn't come out here and play today. He took his ball and he went home. <laughs> and uh, so I'm stuck here talking to myself. This one will be a little bit brief, guys. Just kind of a little recap. We don't want you fellas going into withdrawal, uh, going a whole week without hearing one of our silky voices. Um, so I guess I'll kick it right off. Uh, the week started, guys, with episode or episode with uh, with a game against the Minnesota Wild. A 3-1 loss, and if we're being honest, guys, it uh, it wasn't Montreal Canadiens' best game for sure. Um, Jake Allen put up another respectable game. He had a 933 save percentage in that one. Uh, and, of course, our little little bundle of joy, Cole Caulfield, managed to score our lone goal, uh, which is, I think, probably going to be a theme for, for the season, right? If our, if our offense struggles, which it has at times so far, um, that line of Caulfield and Suzuki uh, is going to kind of pick up the slack and be a difference maker, or at least try. Uh, but I thought, you know, in that game, um, there was... You know, if you could take a game and throw it out, it'd probably be that one. They didn't play very well. Um, Junkie paid off Martin St. Louis, and he put um, Mike Hoffman up on that top line. So I was shitting a little bit there, thinking I was going to lose my uh, my two tall boys this week. But of course, Mike Hoffman pulled through and and didn't produce. Um, although I got to be honest, I was uh, I was a little bit scared there a couple of times. You know, he was on the puck a bit. He did get some great A scoring chances. Uh, even the officials gave the boy a an olive branch and gave him a, a, a penalty shot there. Uh, but he didn't convert. And, well, you know, there's a reason I give Junkie two-to-one odds on that. Uh, and, you know, Hoffman didn't disappoint me. I mean, he disappointed everybody else, but not me, so that's good. Um, you know, I think Arbor Jack I probably had a bit of a shaky game against Minnesota. It wasn't his best game for sure. Um, and Johnny Druin needs to shoot the puck. And I think other than that, what I took out of that game against Minnesota was that, my God, the power play still looked awful. Um, you know, it just it seemed like, you know, zone entries have been a problem for this team for so long. Uh, I mean, we're talking three seasons now uh, where, you know, they were trying to drop pass. It was very repetitive. It was very predictable. Um, and I don't think because of that poor zone entry, we've seen a, a Montreal Canadiens zone setup. Uh, and then, you know, last couple of games or those couple of games, I thought they were playing a little bit better on the zone entries, you know, not always drop pass and lateral movement. Um Coming, coming over the blue line uh, and just keeping momentum through the neutral zone. So not kind of just completely stalling yourself with those dropbacks all the time. Uh, and they were, but they were gaining the zone. The only problem was that kind of, it brought out a couple of other glaring flares with their power play. Uh, luckily, uh, it seems like those things are tinkering out as well. And we'll talk about that more as we get into uh, a later game of the week. But it seemed like 
you know, they were uh, they were just getting in the zone. They were standing still, a lot like we saw at the end of end of last week. So, uh, you know, I, I mean, you're going to have games like that. And to be honest with you, I think everyone here thought we were going to have more games like that this season so far. Um, as far as the entertainment value goes, that was one thing we were banking on, and we really didn't see much of that in game uh, in the game against Minnesota there. So we'll throw that one away, as Junkie likes to say, and we'll move on to game number two, uh, which was against the Buffalo Sabres. Now this one. Well, guys, this one was much more entertaining. Uh, Montreal managed to pull out a 3-2 win. Uh, you know, we had goals from uh, Brennan Gallagher, Caden Gooley, and Josh Anderson. Uh, and really, you know, the guys just kind of stepped up, played a good game against Buffalo. Um, Monaghan continues to make an impact on the game, you know, regardless of where he plays in the lineup. Um, so they give uh, they give old Hoffman the boot off that top line, and, uh, and Mike Hoffman stepped into that role. And I like that combination on that top line. Um, you know, Monaghan brings a little bit of puck retrieval to it. He can step in and take some face-offs if need be. Uh, he's got, you know, he's got good vision. He makes space for himself. He's got good hands. Um, so I like that. Um, again, the power play still didn't produce in this game either. Um, but, I mean, you look at it and you got five forwards, guys, playing on the power play. Um, I made notes here to myself. Is like, can you imagine in any world where... Um, Claude Julian or Michelle Therrien puts out five forwards on a power play. I mean, you know, Claude would grow hair out just to pull it out of his head if he saw that happening on, on the ice, and and it's pretty impressive. Uh, again, it didn't it didn't really click uh, on that night, um, but. Uh, you know, again, the zone injuries were better. The puck movement was a little bit better. Um, and all in all, it looked a bit better. I mean, we talked about in, in earlier episodes that um, the power play, like everything else, like, um, you know, player deployment and all that, uh, these first 10 games were going to be like an extension of the preseason, you know, figuring things out. They had a massive amount of bodies uh, at camp, you know, just a lot of forwards, a lot of defense. Um, obviously, the young defense kind of broke through. Some of the forwards didn't. Um, but really, there was so it was so crowded in, in training camp that uh, it was only the last two games where the, the roster really had any semblance of, um, of what it might look like. And you throw some injuries into that mix as well. And I think that, uh, you know, it's not surprising that things haven't looked overly smoothly through the first, you know, eight games of the season. Um, but you see, you do see improvements, right? You see little tweaks here and there. And it's not perfect, but um, but it is coming along. I will say that I think that, you know, uh, Jake Allen and Samuel Montembeau are single-handedly screwing up Montreal's uh, tank job this season. And I mean, at the end of the day, I'm okay with that. Uh, you know, I don't think you, you don't go out and try to lose hockey games. And I mean, players don't do that. Coaches don't do that. Uh, general managers might do that at some point. But at the end of the day, those players are going to play to their best abilities. And that's what you want to see. Um, and, you know, there's something said about building a winning culture. Uh, but Samuel Montembeau and Jake Allen, every game they play lately, they've been coming out, they've been giving us solid, solid goaltending. Um, and, you know, it's you know it, it's allowing us to have wins and uh, you know at the same time you don't want bad goaltending behind young defense you know it can easily shake um, those guys confidence even though you know these guys aren't really playing like youngsters right now but it can it can shake those guys so I feel that that good goaltending while it is maybe giving us a few points and maybe giving us a little bit of a false narrative so far to start the season um it's still good for it's good for these guys' confidence, good for these guys' development to have some of that behind them. 
And then you got a game where I thought, again, game one, Arborjack, I didn't look great, or game one of this week against Minnesota, he didn't look great. He had some bobbles. He looked like he was forcing things a little bit. And then he settles right back in. So, and that's what you want to see from a young defenseman. Uh, you know, you don't want him to dwell on things. And I think that this young defensive core, Kagan Cooley, Jordan Harris, uh, and Arborjack, I do a really good job of just, you know, putting things in the past and moving on, whether it be in game, uh, like you see Gooley do there earlier in the season and comment on, or, you know, from game to game, you know, if you let these things linger and affect your confidence, then it's going to be a long season for you. But you know, if you can, if you can take those performances uh, and just put it on the back burner and move on, um, then then you're all the better for it. So um, I think those guys are doing a really good job of doing that, uh, and they showed that again. And then you got Justin Barron speaking, of young defenseman. This game was Friday night, and he steps up with two goals. Um, on the night for Laval, uh, which again is key. I thought, as we talked about before, that his his confidence had been a little bit shaken over the last little while. Uh, you know, he got sent down. He didn't have maybe the best training camp, and he sputtered. It seemed like to start the season in Laval. So I'm hoping that this becomes a little bit of a spark moving forward and allows him to kind of move on uh, and really get something going there down in uh, in Laval. And then that brings us, guys, to uh, to uh, the crown jewel of the week, I think. Uh, 7-4, uh, I won't say drumming, but a 7-4 defeat of the St. Louis Blues. And, uh, I mean, again, and I'm going to sound like a broken record here, guys, and I wish Junkie was here to discuss some of this stuff because, uh, you know, there's lots to discuss. Uh, but, I mean, you got a team that's down 3-1 to one at, uh, you know, at one point in this hockey game. Uh, and... If we if we looked at this game last year, and I've heard the, the same comments made that that I made last week, um, this game's over, right? This game is over. We're packing it in. We're not getting the save when we need it for sure. Um, last year, uh, and we're not getting any any opportunistic goal scoring. We're not capitalizing any chances. Um, this year is it's different, you know, and it's got a different feel to it, um, which is again, if you have a young team, is exactly what you want to see. You want to see that culture, that you know, never say die attitude, uh, and that is what we're seeing uh, for sure. Uh, so again, they're down three to one. We get goals from uh, Nick Suzuki scores that goal to kind of keep us keep us in the hunt there, uh, and then what happens? Uh, you know, what we all expected to happen, right? The power play catches on fire. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, everybody saw that one coming. Uh, so, I mean, Caulfield scores one at even strength. Uh, and then we go to the power play. And who other than Yari Slefkovsky comes in there and just rips one, guys. He absolutely ripped this shot. I don't know if he knew where it was going, but because he didn't know where it was going, nobody else did either. And it just he just hammered that shot home. And uh, again, I mean... Uh, you know, we don't like to pat ourselves on the back here at uh, at the Fix Podcast, but we did say, you know, if if Slefkowski, if he's not going to play, you know, in your top six, if he's not playing your top six regularly, then there's no need to shelter him away from special teams. Um, you know, he's not going to get tarred if he's not playing those big minutes, which is what we saw in the preseason. You know, he played top line minutes and special teams, and he looked a little bit tarred towards the end of the game. Um, you know. I didn't think that was going to happen if he was playing in the bottom six, which he still is. You know, he's still playing on that bottom line um, with Yoel Armia and Jake Evans. Uh, and you know what? He looked good. It was his best game of the, the, the regular season so far by a mile. Uh, he's more aggressive. You can see the confidence is kind of just oozing out of him right now. You know, he's trying to make uh, he's trying to make moves behind the back plays. Um, he's hard on the forecheck that one hand on a stick he's kind of poking it in front of him he's just he's disrupting plays consistently disrupting plays with that um and i mean that's exactly what you want to see from your first overall pick um and right now 
And I mean, it is super, super early days. But I mean, he's producing the best at his draft class right now. I mean, Logan Cooley is playing well, but he's playing in the NCAA. Um, you know, right now, Slavkovsky's got, you know, he's got two goals. He's after playing six six games. Um, you know, that's not bad at all for a, for a rookie um, 18-year-old playing in the league uh, and playing on a fourth line or third line minutes. So, I mean, I'm liking what I'm seeing now from Slefkowski. Uh and really, he didn't ever he never played poorly. He just didn't maybe make as much impact as you want to see. Um, but now, hey, he's making that impact. He steps up on the you know, he gets a try on that power play unit. He hammers it home, and you can see a little bit of swagger into his game. And then you come down to Cole Caulfield, and I mean, what else can we say, right? If you told me that we were going to score two power play goals tonight or that night on back to back power plays. Uh, I would have guaranteed you Cole Caulfield scored one of them. Uh, but the thing is, with this power play, is a hell of a lot move, more movement in the offensive zone. So, again, the zone injuries were there, which we love to see, and we hadn't seen for, you know, half a half a decade here. Uh, but uh, once they got into the zone, you really saw a lot more movement, a lot more, uh, a lot more different looks, you know. You got Suzuki coming down that right sideboard, and he's feeding Monaghan in the slider at the side of the net. He's making the defense second-guess themselves. You know, they don't have to just stay over there, stick on Caulfield. The puck goes back to the point, and it comes back down the right side again. It doesn't automatically get fed across to Caulfield. And then it allows people to forget he's there, or at least kind of, you know, let him slip to the back of their mind for a second. And that's all these guys need is just a second. That, that pass by Nick Suzuki was, it was ridiculous. I mean, if you look at that pass, you know, he fakes it off. He, he waits till the very last minute. He lets Monaghan open up so it becomes an option. And then he just slips it across there. And, I mean, a perfect shot, as you learn to expect from Cole Caulfield. So, um, I mean, those guys, like I said, on nights when our offense is not clicking, you can almost guarantee that those guys are still going to be clicking. Um, I remember back when when Nick Suzuki got named the, the captain of Montreal Canadiens. And everyone was saying, you know what, that's a lot of pressure on this kid. You know, he's he's 21 years old, 22 years old. Um you know, he just signed a massive contract with the Montreal Canadiens. There's already some people thinking, you know, that's not a great contract. Um, I'm not one of those people, but, you know, uh, it is out there uh, in public knowledge. Uh, and then you throw the captaincy on top of him, you know, and it's thinking, you know, is that is that such a good idea to throw all this responsibility on this kid? And to me, it always comes back to Nick Suzuki is a pressure performer. He's He's only young in his career, but he has shown that consistently. Um, when he played in the OHL, and we touched on this in earlier episodes, you know, when the playoffs hit and his season was on the line, his game was on the line, he stepped up massively. Uh, you know, he put teams on his back and he carried them. Uh, so far in his young career, I mean, we've had some bad teams here in Montreal, but we've also had some really excellent uh, playoff performances. Um, you know, our cup run there a couple of years ago was a prime example of that. And every time that happened, who was leading the charge, who was playing the best hockey of his season, it was Nick Suzuki. And this season is one big pressure cooker. It's one big playoff for Nick Suzuki, I think. And he is doing what he does. He's stepping up. You know, he's got... Um, He's got four goals on the season. He's leading the team team in points. He's over a point per game. Uh, he's playing with confidence. And it's just this quiet confidence. It's like it's very Carey Price-esque in the way he approaches the game. You know, he's he's quietly just going out there and doing his thing. He doesn't get too high. He doesn't get too low. And then, of course, we have to eat a little bit of crow here because we did, we did rip Christian Dvorak pretty hard. And, again, 
I'm very, very sad that the junkie's not here right now because, uh, you know, he always does humility better than I do. But um, Christian Dvorak with three goals, he even smiled, you know. I'm just hoping that this is a sign of, you know, what's to come for Christian Dvorak. Uh, and, you know, here we are. He's got a hat trick. You know, he's also, all of a sudden he's got three goals on the season. The team is rolling. Uh, you know, came back from another deficit and, you know, and, and made an impact. And we got a big week coming up. So, guys, I think that's probably enough rambling on for me here today. Um, for the tall boy bet of the week what i'm going to do here is i'm going to give junkie an opportunity to win his money back but i'm still going to give him two to one odds and this time it's going to be mike hoffman doesn't score a single gold this in the in the three games that are coming up this week so there you have it mike hoffman doesn't score a goal in the three games this week um i'll also put in like a parlay that if he gets scratch this week which i think he will the junkie is it's going to be a two to two to two so it's going to be a straight up bet so it's two to one that hoffman doesn't score and if he also gets scratched i get the second tall boy all right guys that's it from gk today and from me and junkie as we like to say we'll see you later